Welcome, Bears fans, to another episode of Bear Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And this is the Holy Bear Scat. <laughs> and it's the Holy Bear Scat because that's the team. Holy Bears! <laughs> <laughs> and not of the religious ilk either. Uh, obviously, uh, this episode and uh, the next few probably will be focused a lot on how we fill all those holes. Uh, we simply have a lot of them on the team, and we've got to figure out something uh, as far as uh, getting a, a whole roster. So, uh, do the stuff! Yeah, and I mean, I think what the legal tampering window that the NFL calls it begins about a month from now, so that's when teams can officially start negotiating with free agents and you know that that's when a lot of times you'll hear that it, that teams have agreed to terms with a player but they can't officially sign the player until March or April or whatever so all that is to say the next couple of weeks we're going to hear some rumors we're you know I I wouldn't be surprised if we hear some reports leaked about how the new front office and coaching staff feel about some players that are currently on the roster maybe grist some, for the rumor mill and maybe some players that they're targeting but a whole lot's not going to happen at least officially for at least another month and probably you know even a little longer than that but that certainly doesn't mean we can't speculate because like you said there's not very many players on this roster that <laughs> you, you feel great about being on the bears for the next you know, two or three years, let alone, you know, five or six, right? So it's, it's kind of hilarious how few players there are. Yeah, I mean, it, it reminds you of the end of the Trestman era or, you know, even going all the way back to, like, the, the Lovey Smith uh, regime at points in there when you kind of looked at the roster. And there's some good players, uh, but not a roster that you feel good about overall, right? So... You know, that's obviously the biggest reason why Ryan Pace got fired is because the roster is in pretty bad shape. I don't think it's quite as bad as it was uh, specific, specifically at the end of the uh, um, uh, or sorry specifically at the end of the, the Trestman era. Like that was probably the worst shape the Bears roster has been in in the last twenty years or so. But there's a lot of room to to work right now, so it makes sense to. I think get into that and we can do some of our own speculation before the bears are allowed to start actually making moves. And, and there's some excitement to be had too. Yeah. I mean, it's just fun, right? I yeah. Mean. <laughs> it doesn't have to be all doom and gloom. I mean, we, we, we get to start new, we get to start, uh, with a, with a new guy, um, who I, I think exudes excitement. I really do. And I'm anxious to see what he's, what he's going to do. And I love, I'm going to keep saying it, I love his idea about let's start with those big guys up on the line. Yeah, I mean, we spent, what, six months complaining about <laughs> a lot of the players on the Bears, so let's start to have some fun about talking about getting rid of them and who we can bring in that might be better. <laughs> okay, so uh, what we're going to do first is we're going to go through uh, the Bears uh, free agent list, and we're going to kind of give a yay or nay or uh, something along those lines to uh, keep uh, to whether we're going to keep this guy or we're going to kick we're going to kick him to the curb. So uh, go ahead and start off. Yeah. So this is the list of bears that are unrestricted free agents going into the off season. So let's do this. How about I I go down the list? You can just kind of say whether or not you think they'll be back. Or do you want to do whether you think they'll be back or whether you think they should be back? We'll do both. Okay. Uh, and then. We'll do some quick reactions, and then after we get through the entire list, we can kind of circle up and have a more holistic discussion. Um, and I'm going to exclude some of the guys on here that like clearly don't matter. Like I don't think it matters whether or not Margus Hunt gets back, right? <laughs> so these are some of the, maybe not big name players, but at least some of the ones that we've probably spent the most time discussing over the last year or so. In no particular order, Akeem Hicks. He's gone. Yeah. Allen Robinson? Maybe. Andy Dalton? Gone. <laughs> Damian Williams? Gone. Jimmy Graham? Well, J Damian Williams could be back. Maybe. Yeah. Jimmy Graham? Gone. <laughs> Jason Peters? Don't let the door hit you in the ass. <laughs> Still under contract for five more years or whatever. 
Jason... Actually, I think he did sign a two-year deal. Oh, no, but Ryan Pace tacked on, like, six years <laughs> <laughs> because he, his salary was it was such a hindrance that we had to tack on a bunch oh of dead years. Anyway. We'll be paying him to, like, 2028. 20, yeah, exactly. Um, did, I say, where did, did I say Jason Peters? Jason Peters, gone. Jermaine Effetti. Gone. I don't think I don't think he comes back. And Tayshawn Gibson? Gone. Jakeem Grant? Oh. <laughs> I I don't really want to keep him. I, there's a lot of Bears fans out there that like him. I'm not one of them. Hey, that's Pro Bowler Jakeem Grant. <laughs> who who at the Pro Bowl goes right up to the camera and says who who else in the NFL runs it out from eight yards deep? No one, just me. Yeah, we know that. There, there's a reason for that. <laughs> the math is not in your favor on that he, one. He, he he might be back. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, Pat O'Donnell. I hope we keep Pat O'Donnell. Pat O'Donnell is a good punter. One of the best parts of the roster. Did you see that they just signed a, a punter and a long snapper? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, they did. Okay, well, we got some competition on yeah. special teams. Yeah. James Daniels. Uh, so James Daniels is a big deal um, as far as the Bears. Let's come back to him. Okay. Uh, Dion Bush. Uh, I think he'll probably be gone. Yeah. Marquise Goodwin. Adios, muchacho. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. Uh, DeAndre Houston Carson. Uh, he might be back. He's he's a good special teamer. Demir Bird. <laughs> this list sucks. <laughs> I know. Demir Bird, run towards the ocean and keep running. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, just going down this list, you get an idea of why the Bears were 5 and 12 or whatever they were. Um, <laughs> Bruce Irvin. Bruce, yeah. <laughs> He's like 89. Yeah. Um, Did he even, I wonder if he even recorded a tackle. I don't know, but just... Wait, didn't he get a sack? Uh, probably, in like the Seattle game or something. He was a captain. For avoidance of doubt, he's gone. Um, uh, the karate guy, Cassius Marsh. <laughs> that was one of the most hilarious things ever. Just him jumping up and immediately doing a karate kick. Like David Lee Roth. Oh my god, and the best part of that entire play was that he was so blocked. Like, it took him like eight <laughs> seconds to get that sack, and it was only because Roethlisberger ran right into him. But anyway. Oh, what an idiot. Cassius Marsh, I think. Safe to yeah, say. Yeah, I think he's out of Gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Artie Burns. Goodbye. And then the last guy on this list, Bilal Nichols. So, okay. So, uh, those are the two... That I heard that I think are the most important on the list are James Daniels and Bilal Nichols. Um, so James Daniels. So I was reading about Daniels. Daniels, they're saying, is probably going to command twelve to fourteen million dollars per year. Um, so we gave Kyle Long ten, and he is expected to be a hot commodity. Um, I wondered about that too, you know, because he, he has played well, um, considering he's been on a line that has had a lot of dysfunction and he's also, you know, he also did miss some time, but, uh, he's, he's a smart, uh, he has good football IQ. He's athletic. He plays well. Uh, and he's young. Um, he, I think he's 24. Yeah, he was really young coming out. I think the Bears drafted him from Iowa when he was like 20. Yeah. So yeah, he's, I think he he's was, 24. Yeah, so he's only 24 years old, right? So um, it been, will be, uh, you know, this will be one of the very first key tests for Ryan Poles. Cause I, and I can't think of a better guy that I would want making that decision. Because this is what he says he does, right? Poles is like... Hey, uh, I'm all about getting those big guys up front. So there's his first one, right? Is is Daniels a starter for us, or is he in the wind? Well, and he's actually been more durable than I thought. I, for some reason, I had it in my head that he had been injured a lot in his four years at the Bears, but 2020 was the only season that he didn't play every yeah. game. 
So in 2020, he missed most of the year. But, That's one I was thinking of. But the other three years, he's played in every game, and in two of those three, he started every game. So he actually has been fairly durable. And it's interesting to me what the evaluation is going to be on him. And like you said, Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham are both ex-offensive linemen, so they are the perfect people to be evaluating James Daniels. But when he came out of Iowa, everybody that I read projected him as a center. Yeah, and a lot of people. That's because that's what he did. And a lot of people thought he was a really good center prospect. He was a very good. He was a Remington finalist. Yeah. Okay. And I think that he's played a couple games at center with the Bears, but it's mostly been at guard. So I don't yeah. know. Uh, oh, it's that. Hey, let's draft a guy who's a center and make him a guard. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like the Bears have <laughs> a center right now that you feel great about. I mean, Sam Mustafer played okay, but. He's an undrafted free agent, and at times you can tell. I mean, Cody Whitehair. Oh, he's a left guard. Well, let's make him a center. Yeah, so you, you wonder if maybe part of the evaluation of whether or not he should stay is um, whether or not they project him as a center or as a guard. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. He's probably a better option than anybody you're going to get in free agency unless you go out and spend a ton of money on somebody like Brandon Sheriff from Washington, who's another Iowa guy. Yeah. And, and I, I actually uh, don't think that would be the worst idea. Ten years older. Yeah. He's ten years older than Daniels. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't know that that would even be the worst idea, but like you said, I mean, Daniels is very young. He should be entering into what seems like the prime of his career, even though he's already been in the NFL for four years. So, you know, I'm not an expert on offensive line play, but it feels like a guy that, I would be interested in seeing back with the Bears on another five-year contract, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, he, uh, he he's He's been a solid player for us. Um, and like I said, that's why I'm so interested to see how what takes place with this. Like you said, um, you know, even the assistant uh, is a, a former O-lineman, right? Yeah. And that makes me so excited to, to know that we, we've got these two guys that are really going to do hardcore evaluation on those guys up front because that's a huge part. Uh, you know, I was listening to some of our old podcasts and listening to us talk about how the fact that, you know, don't let our guy get clobbered, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect chance for us to to start developing that and building a cohesive five-man unit. That's what we need to get to the Super Bowl. And, I mean, we just watched the Super Bowl. I think it was pretty obvious. One side's offensive line held up a lot better than the other, right? Also, one side's defensive line was better than the other. And to me, that was really the the key, right? That was uh, because they both had pretty good offenses. They both had pretty good defenses, but to me, it came down to that war in the trenches, and the Rams' defensive line just was able to hold out longer than uh, than Cincinnati's offensive line, you know. And so it will be interesting to see how this plays out because that is that's a that could be a key guy. Yeah, and I mean, twelve million dollars for James Daniels, a guy that. I think has been pretty good, but not necessarily like a pro bowl or anything. Sounds like a lot of money to pay for a guard, but if they see him as a center, maybe that doesn't sound so bad. And also it just is a matter of, there's just so many other places on this roster that need to be filled in. Like if you already have a guy here that you think is a pretty darn good player and that you can get for a price that is reasonable for a high performer at that position, I would rather than, uh, sign him to an extension as opposed to letting him go, and then that's just another spot you have to fill on the roster. Exactly. And and that's the thing is that, that you know, that's one of, that's part of the excitement, right? Um, is that what we're seeing? Are we, are we now are we going to see, okay, we'll take him because he's a good value, or are we going to keep him because he's a really good player and we're in a key position to do so? <clears throat> I don't know how that's going to work out. I have my suspicions what would have happened under the previous regime, but that's the exciting part of having this whole new. Also, there, yeah, uh, if we do keep him, you you keep him as a center, hopefully, and you move Mustafer over to right guard. That that is the 
that's one of the scenarios that I've seen. Can Mustafer played guard? I mean, I don't know if he is. I don't know. I mean, I, I've seen it suggested that's what he did. I don't know his okay. history very well. No, me either. I mean, yeah, and guard is also a place where I, I think you can find guys, right? Like you can probably yeah. go out on the free agent wire and find a guy, somebody that can play representative guard for a few million bucks, right? So. Maybe it doesn't make sense to overpay James Daniels there. It's all going to be a matter of how he's evaluated by this new regime. And the nice thing is, offensive line, it feels like it's been ignored by the Bears for a long time across multiple regimes, and I think it'll be a focus here. So that that's one area, if any, that I'm pretty confident they're going to get right and they're not going to overvalue a guy that maybe they could replace for a much cheaper price. We'll see. What was the guy's name on the 2018 team that was playing guard for us? Um, <laughs> they like signed off the street and he was like pancaking Aaron Donald. Oh yeah. Who was that? Um, uh, Kush. Was that Kush? No, no not Kush. Kush was the tank top guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he was, bad. and he was bad. <laughs> yeah, he was bad. Eh, it doesn't matter, but I don't remember. Uh, the other guy that you <clears throat> wanted to talk about, I think was Nichols. Yeah. And the only reason I wanted to talk about Nichols real quick. Okay. So Nichols isn't an extraordinary player, but he, he, he was good find at, at, uh, in the fifth round. Yeah. Um, and it, he is what I consider a building block player. I mean, okay, so they're switching to a 4-3, a base 4-3, right? So I don't know whether he is a good fit for that, but he is the kind of player that I think we need for depth. I don't know uh, on the on the greater scale of things if he is considered a starting D-tackle. Um I know he's kind of on the light side, uh, but, you know, he he just seems like one of those kind of guys that the Bears should be cultivating, right? They, they should be drafting those guys in the mid-rounds, in the later rounds, and making, and, and making them a part of the team for three, four, five years. So I, I, I'm just interested to see what they do with him. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy, I mean, I think he's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I certainly don't think he's special. So if he's going to get a big contract from somebody, I'm kind of inclined to let him go. Cause I, I think he's a nice rotational lineman, right? Like I think he's a good enough player, but if someone's going to give him 10 million bucks a year, I don't really think he's worth that. Maybe the bears disagree, right? And the new defensive scheme is a big part of it because like you said, he's been playing in a three, four system for his time here. And you know, in a 4-3, you need a guy that is larger, that can eat up a couple of gaps. So, like you said, he's undersized. That's not going to be Bilal Nichols. I don't think they really have a guy on the roster like that. I don't think so either. And the other interior defensive lineman in a 4-3, that's the Tommy Harris position, right? Like, that's right. the guy that is big but can also get upfield and get after the quarterback. And that's where I've heard some speculation that Nichols will slot in is that kind of three technique role. Um, I don't know if he's capable of doing that. I mean, no. I, I I don't know. That I don't either. I don't know that he's not either. Like we've just never seen him do it. No, see, I think that Goldman was that guy. Yeah. Can Goldman be that guy again? I mean, let's not forget Goldman. Is, it's not like Goldman is old. What is he? Twenty seven. Yeah. I mean. He when he first came, he was generating quite a bit of excitement. Yeah, and I see, I kind of see Goldman as more of that first uh, position that I mentioned, kind of the bigger guy that can eat up blocks. You think he's got enough size? I don't know. I also don't know if he wants to do that. Like, I mean, does he want to play football? We're gonna find that out in the off season. Like over the next month or so, like I said at the outset of this, I'm envisioning a couple of reports that. This guy is not in the Bears' plans, or the Bears are actively shopping him. And Eddie Goldman's at the top of my list for that. Like yeah. guys that are here and under contract, but maybe the new regime doesn't want them around. Or in Goldman's case, there's a lot of speculation that he just doesn't want to play football anymore, right? And I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's fair or unfair. I'm not gonna, you know, say one way or the other. But that position where I would see him slotting in is A, a very physical position. You take a beating because a lot of times you're taking on two offensive linemen at the same time. And B, just Matt Eberflus, the way that he 
seems to build a defense is really based on effort and by playing really hard. So I, I don't know if Goldman's going to fit in. I mean, he didn't play at all in 2020, and then last year he he showed up to camp late and nobody knew why, and then I don't really remember noticing him making much of an impact at all once the games actually started. So it's a mystery. We're going to see if he it, wants the, to be at here the tail end. At the tail end, he at least started to started to show up, and I felt like some of that might have just been conditioning. Maybe that you know, it's possible. But, but I, there is no doubt that there's questions out there as to whether he wants to play football yeah. or not. And if conditioning was an issue, I mean, that's that's a whole other can of worms, right? Like, if you're not showing up in shape, that's going to be a problem in this defense. Like, right. Matt Eberflus literally said they're going to have to bring their track shoes, right? So, <laughs> if you're not taking care of yourself physically, I don't see a role for you on the defense. And But going back to Nichols, right? I mean, if the Bears can get him at a reasonable price, I'm all for it. I think he's a nice player. I think if you can play defense in one scheme, typically you can find a spot in a different scheme. I mean, they're not that different. And guys that are talented, good coaches, they'll find a way to incorporate them into whatever they're trying to do. Um, but if somebody's going to overpay for Bilal Nichols, let them do it is kind of where I stand. I mean, the, the yeah. salary cap's in a bad enough spot as it is without overpaying for a, a good defensive lineman. But, you know. And that somebody, could happen. Somebody, yeah, I mean, it could, absolutely. I mean, you see it a lot. I mean, think of, like, Nick Kwiatkowski, right? Like, had, had got drafted by the Bears in the mid-rounds, had a couple nice years here, and then the Raiders gave him a pretty big contract. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if the Bears regret letting him go or not because they chose Danny Trevathan instead, and that hasn't necessarily, yeah. you know, played out well in hindsight. <laughs> that wasn't but, a good That wasn't a good call either. Yeah. Or your guy, Amos, right? Like, yeah. another example, and I know you really like Adrian Amos, but, you know, he got a big contract from the Packers, and he's actually played up to that contract. Mm-hmm. He's been He's been great in Green Bay. But that's just the perfect example where I'm, I'm guessing Ryan Pace's analysis at the time was we don't want to have to overpay for a, a guy that's been a good player for us but isn't necessarily going to be a game-changing player, right? So whether or not that was the right or the wrong move, you can go back and forth all day. But I, I see Nichols in that category where if somebody's going to give him, I don't know, $10 million bucks a year, then I don't think the Bears will match that. Yeah, and and... and- you know, a biggest the biggest part of this is, and Amos was a good example. Was I just felt like this? He turned out to we, we turned out to not be able to fill that spot after mm-hmm. he left, right? And um, because the people that we put in there were substandard. Uh, but the part that frustrated me the most was Brian Pace saying, "We build through the draft." Then he drafts this guy in the mid rounds. The guy makes good, and we're like, "Yeah, we don't want to keep him." Yeah. So that was that to me was the the key component. And now we're going to get to find out how polls works as far as that's concerned. Like you said, you know, when it comes down to it, they're the ones that are the, that are supposed to make the big decision. They're the ones that say, "Yeah, this guy's worth the money. This guy's not worth the money. This guy's worth X amount of dollars, but not this amount." Right. So he's the one that's supposed to be the Italian evaluator. He's the one that's supposed to make those decisions. I just want to see him make decisions that make sense. And and Ryan Poles also said that he builds through the draft. So exactly. Hopefully he actually does it, unlike Ryan Pace that said he did that and then <laughs> didn't. So right. That, right. That, that's just a, a general comment on on Ryan Poles. I hope that he the things that he says and the things that he does are a little bit more closely aligned than the prior regime. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that I want to talk about on this list. I mean, Alan Robinson, I think we've talked about him ad nauseum, right? So I I, I think... Your buddy, Jakeem Grant. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) my hope would be that Tariq Cohen comes back and then Jakeem Grant and Tariq Cohen seem like kind of repetitive. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Tariq Cohen's going to come back. I mean, I didn't... I don't know whether he's going to come back, period. I don't know whether his body's going to be able to come back to the NFL. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, a guy gets a... ACL tear and basically misses two years. That's pretty uncommon in the NFL. I mean, an ACL injury is a pretty standard timeline. So the fact that he was out for significantly longer than that and never once showed any signs of coming back makes me skeptical about whether or not he can make it back and contribute. Well, the the thing is, is that you know, 
the NFL is so much, any pro sport is about being in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. and performing up to the right level at the right time. I mean, we're even seeing it you know, right now. The Olympics are going on, right? It, it, if you don't perform, you could, you could train your entire life. But if you don't turn it on when you're on the mountain skiing down it, it doesn't matter how great you were. You yep. weren't great then, and you don't win, right? So that's the problem is, is that Cohen came out uh, early, and the Bears took a chance on him, and he's done some good stuff. Let's not forget, though, his after his rookie season, which was pretty brilliant, defenses started to key on him more, and his numbers dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his yards per catch and his yards per rush both dropped significantly. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying that to be hypercritical of the guy. I'm just saying he, he he's a nice player. I don't think he's a playmaker. I don't think he's a change of... I don't think he's a, a game-changing guy. And it's hard to come back after that time period when you are one of those guys, well, right? And, like, when you're his size, too. Yeah. I mean, your entire game, when you're that size, is predicated on agility and quickness and, you know, being able to get tackled without necessarily... like. You know, switching the angle just enough that if the guy comes in to blow you up, he wraps you up instead, right? Like, when you're his size, you've got to be able to avoid those big hits. And yeah. maybe the fact with him is that if he's at 80% of what he was because of his injury, then he just can't be effective. Like, you know, because he doesn't have the option that a lot of other running backs do where maybe they could change their game a little bit and be more of a power runner as opposed to that quick twitchy guy right right you know maybe that's the reason he never came back is because the bears and him knew that if he was out on the field at less than a hundred percent in terms of agility then he just was going to get injured again so i don't know i mean i wish the best for him everything i've ever heard of him seems like a a good a good guy and a hard absolutely and he got his contract from the bears before he got injured so hopefully at least that offers some sort of you know some sort of relief in terms of just peace of mind of, of you know where his career is going to go but I, I wouldn't count on him so to circle back to Jakeem Grant I, I wouldn't actually hate bringing him back my hope would be that if he is back that the special teams heroics get dialed down a little bit like you don't like on the Bears last year I kind of understand taking every kick out of the end zone because the offense was so incompetent but <laughs> hopefully that's not the case going forward right like Last year, the Bears could have been on the field by themselves and scored six points. So <laughs> it, it's like I, I could kind of see in the calculus there that maybe them saying, hey, Jakeem, just try to take it out because if you don't get us to midfield, at least we're probably not going to score anyway. But the hope is that the offense is a little bit better next year. Right. And actually, Jakeem Grant on offense made some nice plays and was able to, you know, do some things when the Bears could get him the ball in space. So I don't think he's a, a bad player by any means. I think that he could make better decisions on special teams, and maybe that's something you can coach. And if you think you can, I wouldn't hate bringing him back, but I also don't want to overpay for him either, really. Right, right. All right, so I think that's the Bears, <laughs> you know, free agents. I mean, I would like to see Akeem Hicks back, but, you know, a, another guy that's had problems staying on the field. So I, I, I just don't think his body can take it much anymore. I think he's 36 now. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, I mean, and he's, it, I believe me, if you could bottle that guy's spirit, I would buy a dozen bottles. I mean, he's amazing when it comes to that part it's of it. He's only 32. Really? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I just, I don't think, I, I just don't think he can play at that level anymore co- consistently. And I don't think he can stay on the field anymore. Yeah, I mean, he, he hasn't for the last three years, right? I mean, I think I think he played almost every game in 18, but hasn't come close since. And I think last year was maybe the closest when he played. Actually, yeah, I was wrong. Last year he played nine games, but in 2020 he did play 15. And then the year before he played five. So not, and, not a great recent success rate regardless, though. And, you know, that, that and also you got to remember that 15, he appeared in 15. True. So... You know, there's a big difference with with him as appearing and being effective. 
because I remember there were some games that he was out there, and you know, we as fans were looking at the TV like, why is he even playing? He's like invisible. Yeah, you know? you're right. So, uh, it, it, and that's I mean, I love Hakeem Hicks. I, I think he is. I I think he's probably headed to the Bears Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. You know, as as one of the uh, as one of the great Bears, he's certainly. Um, I think he's Brian Pace's best free agent free agent acquisition. Yeah. Um, I mean, he he played with you know such fire. I, I think that uh, he was a great ad. It's just I think his time is done. Um, so uh, yeah, anybody else on the on the list? I don't. I mean, I think we hit the the major ones. I mean, there's a lot of bad players on the roster last oh, year. Oh, jeez. So. Yeah. I mean, Jason Peters might be back as like a coach. You so. know. <laughs> you know. Um, you you were right though. Uh, he. He really did pretty well for uh, when you look at all the circumstances surrounding it. He did okay. You're talking about Peters? Yeah, he really did. I mean, he, he, you know, what can you expect out of a guy you literally got off the couch a week before the the season started? Yeah, I mean, Ryan Pace, I hope he bought Jason Peters like a nice dinner at Chicago Cut <laughs> or something because, like, the fact that Peters was anything better than an absolute disaster was kind of a miracle in my mind. And the fact that he was serviceable, I mean, I I think a lot of people would say that he was their best offensive lineman last year. I mean, and he wasn't great. No. He was pretty average, I think. I mean, there were times he looked bad. There were times that he he looked good. And I think it all kind of averaged out to being kind of, you know, just mediocre. But And, And some of that, some of the times when he did look really bad, it wasn't entirely, I mean, it wasn't all his fault. And and he just exceeded. It wasn't schemed that way. Right. And he just, like, exceeded my expectations by so much. Like, I think in, like, week yeah. one, he, like, got hurt and had to leave the game. And I was like, all right, well, that was the Jason Peters thing. Like, <laughs> right. he's going to play. Remember that. He's going to play. Like, and then Bor- Borum came out, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. And I was like, well, Jason Peters is going to play a quarter, and that's all we're going to see from him. So the fact that he played in pretty much every game, I mean. I remember that. Like I said, Ryan Pace owes him a, a nice. That was short-lived. Yeah, no, Ryan Pace owes him a nice ribeye or something. Um, okay, so that's the Bears, free agents. Um, like like I said, I mean, not a very impressive list, which is no. why the team went 5-12 and 12 or whatever it was. But um, I, I think something that's a little bit more fun to talk about is players from other teams that we think the Bears might target. So right. where would you like to start there? Okay, so um, ESPN did a best NFL team fits for top 50 free agents 2022. And... Um, Jeremy Fowler and Matt Bowen did this, okay. so I like both those guys. Yeah, I like Bowen a lot. Yeah, but I do too. Former Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, so number one, of course, on top of the list is Devonte Adams. So I don't think that Devonte Adams is going to be anywhere near the Bears. No. Um, I think it's a pipe dream to think that he would be there. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna become the highest paid receiver of all time. I bet. There's, I think, there's a very good chance of that. And if, well, for one thing, if twelve stays in in Green Bay, he's staying in Green Bay. I don't know how they'll, I don't know how they'll work that because their salary cap situation is pretty crappy. Um, and um, what the owner or one of the I don't know, the chairman or whatever you call him for Green Bay came out and said they're going to use every extra dollar they have to entice uh, Rodgers to stay. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of undrafted free agents playing for the Packers next year if you keep both of those guys. (laughs) And it might not matter because if you have Rodgers and you have Adams, your offense is only going to be so bad, right? So even if they have to have... 60% 60% of their roster is, like, minimum salary guys. I mean... <laughs> They'll still be good. Those two might still be in there. They're probably still better than the Bears. Yeah. So, just because of Rodgers and Adams. But your point's a good one, right? I mean, wherever Adams is going to go, whether it's Green Bay, whether it's Denver with Rodgers, or whether he goes somewhere on his own, he's going to get $35 million a year, $30 million a year, something like that. The Bears just can't afford that, right? I mean, right. They, they could, theoretically. They could maneuver the salary cap, and they could afford anybody if they really wanted to, but you'd have to do what I was just talking about with Green Bay and yeah. have have bum players making out a, a good portion of your roster. So just with where the Bears are in terms of their 
championship window, basically meaning like they are not in a championship window. <laughs> signing thirty, signing Devonte Adams for that much money to me just wouldn't make sense. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna uh, we're gonna do the receivers first, and then we'll look at a couple. The of other thing other with guys. Adams before we move on to anybody else, like it's it's interesting to me, like he's awesome, but when you think about like how many of his catches from Rodgers came, like, just within, like, the perfect exact window. Oh, yeah. Like, him and Rodgers have some connection that I just don't know if it can be replicated by somebody else. So. It's it's already been shown in the past. It's very hard for any receiver to leave Green Bay yeah. without him throwing them the ball and have the same kind of success. It's, yeah. It's not, it's not a coincidence. Yeah, it's like, how many... How many passes did Devontae Adams catch where, like, the defensive back, like, gets, like, its finger on it even, and it just lands perfectly wherever Rodgers wanted to put it? So, you know, unless you're going somewhere with, like, a super elite, accurate quarterback, which I don't think Fields is, at least not yet. Yeah. I, I don't think that signing would, his, would be worth what His to accuracy pay. level is just insane. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing, you know. He... Uh, he has just an absolutely incredible accuracy level, and um, that's the thing is, is that if you leave that, how good are you? Mm-hmm. You know. All right. So you had a you you had a a list. Yeah. So the next guy on the list, because I'm only doing the receivers on this list right now. Yeah. Uh, is Mike Williams? Yeah, it's interesting to me. So they're they're saying that he might end up in Cleveland. Um, uh, but uh, it also says that um, the Chargers are going to make a, a hard uh, push at uh, at signing them as well. Mike Williams is always the guy, like when I play fantasy football, he's always listed really high in the draft, and I never take him. <laughs> I, I feel like he, he just has never quite lived up to his potential, but last year he did have a really good year. So. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I think that was like his only really good year. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's one of those guys that came out and he, he was supposed to be a really big deal. I know he like like, physically is a pretty big deal. Seventh overall pick. Yeah. And he's the seventh overall pick, you know, but he, he's only had that one really good season. All the rest of it has been about promises. So I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, just looking back at some of his numbers, right. And keep in mind, this was with Philip Rivers for a lot of the That's time. That's right. So Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert, two pretty good quarterbacks. So year one, one start for 95 yards. So that's like a Riley Ridley performance. <laughs> year, year two, you know, started five games, played in all 16, 600 yards. Eh. 2019, he had 1,000 yards with only two touchdowns. 2020, 750 yards, five touchdowns. Meh. And then 2021, finally last year, 1,100 yards and, See, and that, nine touchdowns. And so he's going to get some bloat from a great contract here, yeah. right? Um, because the rest of those, there's a lot of guys that will do those numbers. Yeah, I mean, there, there's nothing in there that's overly spectacular last year. You know, if that's what he would bring you, 1,100 yards, nine touchdowns, that's, that's good. But, A, you're always nervous when a guy's first ever – really productive years in his contract year. And, then, and there's a reason for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. So he's going to get a big number. Um, he, you know, just scanning his football reference page quick, seems to be a guy that is fairly durable over the last three years. It looks like he's missed a few games, but nothing too terrible. And, you know, last year, like I said, him and Herbert seemed to finally establish a really good connection He's definitely a guy that's interesting because, like you said, he's insanely talented. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's only really manifested itself on the field one year out of five is a bit scary, especially when you're talking about a guy that is going to get a big contract. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he he's on paper, he's supposed to be an elite receiver, but yeah. I certainly wouldn't even put him as great. And, like, I mean... I wouldn't put it past the Bears to go out and make a big signing like like this, but the margin for error this year is just so small because the Bears have so few draft picks, and the salary cap's not terrible, I guess, but it's not in great shape. Right. So if you're going to go out and give a guy $20 bucks or $18 million or whatever contract Mike Williams is going to get, that guy better be awesome. Like you better You better pick the right guy because if you give that guy 
a ton of money and he comes in and is not good, then you basically just, uh, again, had to sacrifice other areas of your roster to give out a big contract to a receiver. So so next up is Chris Godwin. And I love Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin's numbers are, are great. Um, he's shown that he is an impact player. His yards per catch is ridiculous, especially when you look at how many catches he has. Uh, they're predicting that he stays in uh, Tampa. Even with Brady retiring? Yeah. Okay. Um, the, uh, you know, Tampa is rumored to be in the hunt for making a big move when it comes to quarterback. Um, you know, there's been Deshaun Watson's name's been thrown there. Uh, 12's numbers it has been thrown there. Um, I don't know. There's a there's a, a few different guys that uh, you know that, it, that 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 could happen. I mean, the roster is awesome. Other than quarterback, I mean, their offensive line's really good. They've got some really good receivers. They've they've got a, a, a defense that wasn't great last year, but was pretty good two years ago when they won the Super Bowl. So it certainly would make sense that they would be aggressive at quarterback. I mean, Godwin's a guy though. Just to circle back to him that. I've always loved him. I mean, like you said, his numbers are great. He catches a ton of passes. Last year he got hurt uh, in week 14, but before that he already had 1,100 yards. What's his yards per catch, though? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yards per catch? Yeah. Uh, I think it's like... He had, he had about 100 catches, so 11. So that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's just... It's actually a little lower than I thought it was, but... His overall, his yards per catch is usually. I mean, I 2019, 1300 uh, yards on 86 catches. So that's 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 pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Um, and and I mean, he's just a guy that produces. I mean, last year he was playing on the franchise tag and went out and had a great year. You contrast that with Allen Robinson here, <laughs> who was playing. He was on the, the only guy tag. that made more than um, Allen Robinson, I think. That might be. Uh, but you know, so that, I mean, that's a guy I would love, but he's also in that Devontae Adams category where he's going to get a ton of money. And I, you know, think that both Adams and Godwin are awesome players and they deserve whatever contract they get. Um, but I don't know if the bears can necessarily afford either. And Godwin is also complicated by the fact that he had a pretty significant knee injury towards the end of the year. So, um, he missed the last couple games of the regular season and the playoffs with a torn ACL and MCL. Yeah. So you, you don't know what that His recovery... His knee got blown up. Yeah, and you don't know what that recovery timeline looks like, so that's also a gamble you'd be taking is who knows if you'd be ready for week one. I think that's what's going to back us off is I think that um, Poles is certainly going to move with some urgency uh, because of... simply because of how empty our roster is. He knows he has to bring in a lot of people. It's like, it's like I was saying, um, we're top ten as far as uh, cap room available. But people got to think about how many guys we have to bring in with that number. It's going to get eaten up really quickly. Yeah. Uh, so the next guy on the list is Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. Now they're saying that he's going to go to Kansas City, um, and uh, you know uh, that that. That's certainly possible. Um, or return to L.A. Yeah. Um, well, he just tore his ACL, too, in the Super Bowl. It, it, oh, so it came out that he, he did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yep. All right, th- let, me double, let me double check. But it certainly looked like it, and I thought I saw that it was confirmed. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard that. But, um, you know, I, I do know that... Um, he was going to be a super hot commodity. I, I didn't realize that he did tear his ACL. Yeah. Um, so, well, that, you know, that, that puts a damper on him for, for right now. I so. mean, because he's a guy that even halfway through the season, a lot of people around the NFL would have had no interest in just because there's a lot of drama that seems to follow Odell Beckham. But he went to the Rams and played so well and was such a big part of their Super Bowl Bowl run. Also made me a couple hundred bucks because I bet on him to score the first touchdown in the Super Bowl. (laughs) Um, Nice. But he he made himself a lot of money with those, you know, 10 weeks or whatever he was in L.A. So he is going to get a deal from somebody, and 
I've always really liked Odell Beckham. I thought he, you know, got a bit of a bad rap in New York as well as in Cleveland. Um, so I was really happy to see him do well with the Rams and kind of put some of those uh, rumors to the to the back a little bit and, you know, play really well with Stafford and be a contributor to a, a team that, you know, eventually won the Super Bowl, right? So right. I like him. I mean, I... I don't, and it was a major factor in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, I mean he was awesome. I mean he was insanely productive for the Rams. So the injury complicates things again, just like with Godwin. He's somebody I would be interested in, but you know it, it's another thing where you, with Odell Beckham, just because there has been a lot of a, a lot of drama associated with him in the past, not all of which was his fault, but yeah, you know it, it's another guy that in order to get get a. To give him a big contract, you got to get that right. Yeah. So um, the next guy on the list, Allen Robinson. <laughs> so uh, you know we've we've beat this to death. Um, they're they're picking him to go to Indy um, to uh, play opposite Michael Pittman. Um, I, I I don't know how to feel about Robinson. All I know was that last year was absolutely awful in every way. Um, and uh, the fact that he got paid eighteen million dollars to do it, uh, it 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 bugs me. Um, whether uh, he stays with the Bears or not, we'll have to see. I don't I don't think that it happens. I mean, if Ryan Pace was still here, I would have said absolutely no way, right? Yeah. So you know, with with the new regime taking over, any bad blood between the two sides should hopefully Be disappear. Gone. You know, yeah. um, but. With Robinson, what I will say is that he's going to be by far the cheapest option of any player we just discussed. I mean, before last year, he was on pace for a huge payday. And just the way he performed last year, I think he cost himself a ton of money. Yeah. And so he strikes me as the type of guy that's probably going to take a one-year deal with somebody, try to play really well, and then sign a big contract after that one year. So... If you're looking for value and you think that you can get him back to the form that he was playing at before last year, that might be a savvy signing. Um, I'm sure he's still going to get $12, $13 million a year, but when you compare that to the other guys we just listed off that are probably going to get in excess of $20 million or even $30 million in some cases per year, yeah. if you think that you can salvage that production from Robinson and get him back to form for at least next year... Might not be a bad signing, but you know we're going to see how that one plays out because, like I said, I'm sure there is bad blood between him and his team and the Bears. And you know, with a new regime taking over, you hope that everybody's mature enough to kind of start fresh. But sometimes that doesn't always happen, so we're going to see. Um, so uh, the next guy on the list is one that is being floated around about the Bears quite a bit: DJ Shark. Yeah, I liked him, actually. That was one of the guys that when I looked um, at this list a few weeks ago kind of stood out to me because DJ Shark, uh, Jaguars receiver, didn't play hardly at all last year due to injury, but the year before I think had 1,000 yards. Yeah. Um, and I think that was his best year or so. Um, and people were projecting him to do well before the injury and obviously before Urban Meyer so, just tanked that team. But. Yeah, so he only played in four games last year. The previous uh, played in 11, played in 15, played in 13, then played in four. So he hasn't even made it through an entire season. Um, yeah, you don't love that. He, uh, uh, he did have 1,000 yards in 2019. Um, 1,008 yards, 118 targets, 73 receptions. Um, that's not super awesome. Uh, it looks like his yards per catch is decent, 12.4, then 13.8, and 13.3. So that big year, he had a 13.8, which is very good. Um, eight touchdowns. Uh, his, um, other than that, though, his uh, rookie year, he only had uh, 174 yards. Well, and so he gets the the Allen Robinson defense a little bit, right? Because this is in Jacksonville. 
So Correct. this is Blake Bortles and Gardner Minshew and whoever else has been lining up at quarterback. And then <laughs> last year, just the Urban Meyer offense was probably the most incompetent offense in the NFL, which, you know, is saying something coming from somebody that watched 17 games of Matt Nagy. <laughs> so with with that, right, I mean, I, I think I, I think DJ DJ Shark is is a talented player. I would certainly be interested in him. I have no idea what kind of contract he's going to get. But he, the reason he jumped out at me when I kind of ran through this list is because, like I was talking about with Robinson, you've got to find value in places, right? Like, you've got to find some guys that are undervalued because they were injured or because they're coming off bad performances, and you've got to hope that you can, you know, get them and get more value from them than what you paid. Yeah. So it, that would this is an interesting flyer. Like, I don't even know what his injury was last year, so I don't know if that's something to be concerned about going forward but um it's certainly a guy to me that i know has been productive even though he's been in bad offensive situations and that i would be interested in because like i said i mean that's the type of guy that the bears are going to have to get if they want to you know achieve above their expectations next year yeah so a key stat for me when it comes to receiver is um catch percentage and that is something that Allen Robinson in his whole career has performed, has underperformed with. And what, what, just for those that don't know, that's catches divided by targets, right? Correct. Correct. So, um, in his best year, uh, he had 118 targets and he made 73 receptions. Now there is, uh, if you go to next gen stats, it gets uh, even more, they they break it down even further to uh, how catchable the ball was and such. But this is, I, to me, it's a good um, general stat to have. And that year, sixty one point eight. Now you're that's not very good. Um, your your top guys, your your elite guys, they're in the high sixties or even low seventies. And what did you say his was? Sorry. I- 61.8. Okay. That was in his best year, which was 2019. Um, this is That is a category that Robinson has always struggled on. And now he improved it while he was with the Bears, but he has always been a low 60s guy. And if you think about how many times you barked at the screen and said, hey, Robinson, what the hell, man? Why aren't you making that catch? That's part of his, that's part of his gameplay. That's not new. He, he's had it his whole career. And it's been something that's kept him from being an elite guy. It was actually one of the things that I believe that Ryan Pace looked at when he didn't want to give him the dollars. Now, I don't know whether that's given Pace too much credit. But it is something that is has been a problem for him. It was like, uh, a, a, it, it's when you look at the very best guys, they are the guys that are in that, 69, 70, 71, 72 percentile range, yep. right? And that's what you really want to see from an, uh, from a number one. Yeah, and I mean, I don't make a habit of consuming Jaguars football, so I have, <laughs> I, I have no idea how much of that is attributable to bad quarterback play because in his best year that you were talking about, you know who his quarterback was for at least part of it? <laughs> Mr. Nick Foles. Right. So, you know, bad quarterback and then Gardner Minshew. And so, like... If you're playing with bad quarterbacks, you're inherently going to catch fewer of the balls that are thrown at you because likely the passes aren't placed as well as they would be if you were playing with uh, a, a more elite quarterback. But I take your point, right? I mean, it's it's definitely a number that Robinson, like you said, struggled with in Jacksonville. And then when you actually got to watch him play, you could see why he struggled with it. Cause like right. you said, he, he missed on a lot of you right. know, opportunities. Like I said, yeah, it's not a, it's not all encompassing. Um, and if it, like I said, they have next gen stats to take it to a higher level, but I do believe that it is a good loose statistic to look at when it, when it comes to it, because Robinson's problems with making just catches you know, that was the thing, is that he'd make spectacular catches, and then he'd have a ball that was over the middle that um, Trubisky would get right to him and be like, he'd drop it. You'd be like, what the heck, man? How are you not making that catch? You know? So uh, that's a, that's one of the things I was looking at there. Um, 
The next guy on the list, and this guy's name has been rumored with the Chicago with Chicago as well, Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. So um, in here, they're picking him to go to um, uh, to the Lions, but some are saying that he might be a little bit too similar. Um, well, maybe he'll complement the play of Amon Ra St. Brown, who made good last year. Why the hell would he want to go to the Lions? <laughs> well, you know, it, 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 I guess sometimes money, it, money talks. Right? Yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes and. I think I think the Lions certainly ended the season uh, on a better note than they have uh, in the past. Now, um, it, you look at his numbers, and Kirk's numbers are 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 good. Um, he went from twelve to thirteen to fourteen to seventeen games played, um, and uh, his receptions and targets went up every year. So last year. He, uh, now, he, the one thing, a uh, kicker here is, is that he has never gone over 1,000 yards. Last year, he played 17 games. He got 982. But he's much more of like a slot receiver, though. He is much more of like a slot. Not, some, the, not that those guys can't put up uh, yardage, but his game is more like trying to catch a lot of a lot of passes, right? And, you know, move the stick, so. But last year... He uh, he caught seventy seven of hundred and three targets. Hmm. That's good for seventy four point seven percent completion uh, catch percentage. Yeah, I, I like him too. I mean, I mean that's significantly different. Yeah, you I mean, know? we got to get Chris on the line to talk about <laughs> this from a Cardinals perspective. But right. um, I, I'd be open to it. I mean, I, I've heard him linked to the Bears as well. He seems like a nice player. I mean, if that's something that you think you could sign him and he could play in the slot for four or five years and catch 80, 90 passes a year and get close to a thousand yards. I mean, that would certainly be worth the investment. So this is, this reminds me of a few years ago, I desperately wanted the bears to get Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Because I felt a way to develop Trubisky was to have him have a guy that he felt that he could throw the ball to and the guy would catch it no matter what, yeah. right? And Landry, when he was on his best years from Cleveland, uh, or uh, Miami, Miami, like the guy's hands were like, were like stick them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could throw anything to him and he would catch the ball, right? But I, I thought... That's what Trubisky needs because he needs some confidence, he right? His, he needs his uh, safety blanket. He needs a safety blanket, exactly. And I think that Landry was that guy. Is he still now? I'd have to look at his numbers. I know he did fall off some in Cleveland. But at the time, he looked like a perfect fit. Chris liked Landry that year, right? Uh, yeah. And instead, we saw, we saw how that, that worked out. He's, you know, again... He's not going to be your all-star, right? But having a guy that is that relief valve, that is that security blanket, that you think is going to be there for you, and when you get him the ball, he's got it in his hands. Cooper Cup, man, whoa. I mean, really, this year, and I think he showed it in the fourth quarter there, Get me the ball, I'll catch it for you. Yeah. Get me the ball, I'll catch it for you. Keep throwing me the ball, I'll catch it for you. Right? It, it, he showed it this year that if you have that guy, he's going to do it. His numbers were ridiculous. I mean, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy. But he was he was money when it came to time to catch the ball. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... And- the Bears are going to need more than one guy. I mean, right now you've sure. got one wide receiver that you feel good about, Mooney, and I feel like good is the perfect way to describe him, right? Yeah. Like, he's a good player, but you're going to need more. So, I mean, this this seems like a, a good idea to me. I mean, I don't know what kind of contract he's going to get, but this is kind of like that second-tier free agent class that we're talking about where there's still a lot of good players, but they're not the guys that are going to get insane pay, day, pay days. So I, right. I, I like the I like the thought for sure, and I think this is the kind of guys that we're we're going to be playing more towards, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no, not at all. There's 
there's a lot of those big free agent names that have busted out in the past, right? Like, and if you pay that much money for a guy that comes in and doesn't perform, then that sets you back. So, you know, and there's plenty of guys that you could sign that are in this category that are bad too. So, so it's all about the evaluation. But I, I mean, Kirk, I, I like the idea and to, to sum that up. So the next guy on the list, and this guy is actually picked by Fowler and Bowen to be a key for the Bears. Okay, guess. Michael Gallup. Okay. From from uh from Dallas. Also so like they say, ACL, right? <laughs> so they say the Bears will prioritize I thought he was from Dallas. He is, yeah. I thought okay. he, I thought he tore his ACL. Um too. The Bears will prioritize a receiver who can win one-on-one matchups for uh, quarterback Justin Fields. Gallup will be the steal of free agency if the team gets a discount due to this torn ACL. Yeah, okay. So I don't know how much of that is going to be a factor. Um, he's got good size. I like that part of it. Um, some of the other guys on the list here, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Uh, I'm not real excited about that guy. Um, and, uh, let's see if there's any other, so that's all the receivers. So, so with Gallup real quick, I mean, I think he's a nice player too. I mean, uh, it doesn't get me super excited, No. um, but maybe it could be a, a, a night. I mean, he kind of gets overshadowed on the Cowboys, right? Cause they have so many other talented players on offense yeah somehow still managed to never make it past the first round of the playoffs but yeah um it doesn't really fire me up i mean if you can get him at a reasonable price bowen is going to know more about him than i do so i guess i wouldn't wouldn't hate it but Jameis winston that's another quarterback that could be in play he was looking pretty good before he got hurt um playing for new orleans winston i think he probably be a starter somewhere else though right yeah i think he's i think he is going to be a starter someplace else i don't think he stays in in new orleans um, or at least go to a place where he has a chance to start at some point like if he signs with the bears if he's starting that means fields has either gotten hurt or he's terrible so i don't think right i don't think that's a fit really right so um i did want to mention James Daniels is on here as he's number twenty-eight in the top fifty. Okay, uh, that's that's overall free agents. Uh, they have him listed number twenty-eight. Uh, they have him going to the Giants because um, he's going to be a good. They say he's going to be a good fit in uh, the zone, uh, zone run game. Um, anyway, uh, the only reason I wanted to mention it just because he is considered, uh, you know, one of the top guards available. Nice. So. We won't be, I don't think we will be the only one trying to uh, allure, allure him um, or lure him back to Chicago. And I think he'll have other guys up there uh, looking for him. Yep. No, I, I agree. Uh, the other guy, he's not a free agent, but he is a wide receiver that will likely be switching teams is Calvin Ridley. Yeah. He's on the Falcons and he's awesome. He's going to, you're going to have to trade for him. Yeah, the other thing is that the money is expected to be uh, along those elite guys, twenty million, right? Yeah. And man, talk about throwing the dice! And uh, also, the Bears have nothing to trade the Falcons for him, <laughs> right? So, 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 so it's not going to happen. And I want to, I want to, I want to make clear, you know, that uh, I think it's great that Calvin Ridley said, you know what. Um, I need to step away. I, I've got things that are important that I have to take care of for myself. I think that's great that he did that. Um, and uh, I, I certainly believe in people that do that and feel better when they come back. Um, but at this point, it's like I said, he is expected to get a big deal no matter where he, no matter where he's at. And... I don't. It, you mentioned it. I don't think that the Bears have anything that they can that lets them up play in that pond. No. Well, money aside, right? I mean, I don't know what the Bears would need to trade to get Calvin Ridley, but I guarantee whatever it is, they don't have it. Like, <laughs> they don't have any draft picks. They don't have any young, exciting players on the roster that they're able to trade. I mean, the Falcons aren't going to trade Calvin Ridley for. 
Khalil Mack and a third round pick. Like, so, so. <laughs> um, so the first mock drafts are coming out, and I did see a mock draft uh, that had that was first two rounds, and it had the Bears selecting with their first pick in the in the second round. Nick Bell from uh, Purdue. Um, Bell's numbers are are pretty damn good, and they're pretty damn good over a good space of time. Um, I, I like the idea. Uh, he, he has really good yards per catch. Um, I don't, I don't know whether that is actually going to be, you know, he's going to be a player that is actually there at that time and how he compares with everybody else. Um, somebody on Twitter had posted, uh, uh, DJ Shark. Uh, Nick Bell and Mooney. And you're talking about David Bell, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, David Bell, not Nick Bell. Um, so, yeah, David Bell from, from Purdue. Uh, looking at his numbers, pretty good, right? Yeah. I I don't watch a ton of Purdue football, to be honest, so the numbers are all I have to go off of. But, yeah, I mean, he's caught a 1,000 yards two out of his three years in college and the one year he didn't was the COVID year where there were fewer games. Yeah. So I, I like it. I don't know enough to say whether or not he'll be around when the bears have to pick, but I'm on the record as saying I want as many resources devoted to the offense as possible. Right. In the off season. I, think, I think they, do you think, um, I'm thinking that for receiver, we get one in free agency and we get, one or two from the draft. Yeah, I mean, I I would try to get four guys in here. Yeah, right? like in addition to Mooney, right? I mean, whether that's drafting one and signing two, you know, highly thought of guys, then maybe taking a flyer on somebody or drafting two guys. Not Marquise Goodleap. No. Or wait, Goodman. <laughs> Whatever or... his name is. <laughs> like you're gonna need to invest heavily in that position because you've got one right now and nothing else. So. I think, yeah, three or four guys would not be upsetting to me. And um, if that's where they want to use their first pick in the draft, I think that makes a lot of sense. All right. So, well, um, Bears fans, uh, we'll have lots of talk in the dra- about the draft coming up, so we won't go too much into that. But uh, we definitely love to hear your ideas about uh, what we uh, thought about free agency in its current state it's not very far down the road so please hit us up at at bears underscore scat on twitter nice and uh we will uh we'll be back so uh uh, hopefully you guys uh uh put some comments out there yeah thank you for listening